We recapped the Hornets' loss to the Utah Jazz, but we gained so much more in the first-round pick production. We talk about it all today, plus the trades on Locked On Hornets. You're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. If you're watching us on YouTube, you see an old familiar face, Nada (laughs) Edwards, now producer of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Joins us once again, of course, Walker Mail, Doug Branson here with you uh, once more as well. Nada, how are you doing, man? I am good. I am good. We're getting ready for the silly season in college basketball, but I always have time to hang out with you guys, even if you call me old. So there, I did. I a... said old, familiar face. Yeah, yeah, I was going to try to run. Yeah, you, you emphasize well, old, too. I appreciate I, that. No, I didn't emphasize. I was going to try to just sprinkle <laughs> it in and just put it in. You, you called me out on it, though. I, I didn't know yeah, you were going to yeah, call yeah. me out for it. Um, I greatly apologize. Well, let's recap this game last night. And you see the Hornets lose to the Jazz, 120 to 102. Um, second quarter is when it got out of hand and the Hornets didn't really come back after that kind of an even, uh, you know, second half for the most part, then Utah well, separates more in the fourth I mean, quarter. I, 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 hold on now. I think they had a yeah, chance yeah. there in the third quarter. They got it down to five. Uh, they had their opportunities, but you know, ultimately, <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the Utah yeah. jazz defenders jumped in my throat and started defending, <laughs> defending That's my right. friend. Um, but yeah, they had their chances. They had their chances. Sure. They They did not get dominated. I think in the second half going into the locker room, which is something that's happened, by the way, against the Hawks. The Hornets came out and played really well in the third quarter, actually allowed them to come back and win that game. So they did play better in the third and then the fourth. It kind of slipped away from them once again. Um, Terry Rozier, leading scorer again, 23 points. Mason Plumlee, 18 points, five of six from the field. Main storyline for me, though, is Mark Williams, of course, five of seven from the field, 11 points. He had two steals and three blocks, three rebounds, did go one of two from the free throw line. The the early on stretch for Mark, as soon as he entered the game, it was actually getting ridiculous how many consecutive plays he was making every single trip down the floor, offensively or defensively. It was it was comical. I mean, I, I could not praise Mark enough. You would write a tweet. You'd have to erase it because he did something else impressive. Then you'd have to erase it because he did something else impressive. Tap out. Shot goes back up. Grabs the offensive rebound again and then does a reverse layup. Jump shot. You know, dunking. Just nice pick. Honestly, the moving screen against him, I guess a little bit later in the game, I thought that was kind of a weak call even if they go review it, but whatever. I mean, I, I just can't say enough good things about the way that Mark Williams played in this game against Utah. And they have a size guy in Walker Kessler, right? Like it's not yeah. OKC. It's not even Houston. You're, you're dealing with somewhat of a different team there. Not what did you make of Mark Williams and uh, maybe some of the other storylines in this one? Quite honestly, I, he was, like you said, he was the highlight. Outside of that, it was largely the same thing that we always see. It's just they don't have a counterpunch for someone that plays physical and gets in their shorts. That was 90% of it outside of that though. Mark Williams is starting to, and and I have to feel, I feel like I have to say this because I was so adamant that he not be on this team last summer that I was wrong. I was very wrong about Mark Williams not working out here. 
he has been a revelation. He helped change the game. He helped change a whole bunch of games. And more importantly, he shows that this developmental system that Charlotte Hornets do have is actually working. It's just, it takes time. It's not instant oatmeal. It's more like a solid pot of grits. It's going to take a little bit. You got to throw a little bit of uh, chicken chicken stock in there. You got to throw salt, pepper. Maybe, again, it's it's just it's just going to need a lot more than the typical stuff that you naturally need for a pot of oatmeal. So that's that's what Mark Williams is. Instant uh, pot of grits, shrimp and grits, maybe. I, I like mm-hmm. it. Uh, there, that, that's some of the, the best tasting food I've ever had before. No doubt about it. What'd you think of Mark Williams and uh, some other storylines? I, I love that Nada kept upgrading it. It went instant mm-hmm. oatmeal, then grits, and then shrimp and grits. Yeah, I mean, he, it went... He's like a surf and turf. You know, he's like a gold crusted pizza. You know, like well, I mean, maybe his nickname needs to be Low Country then. We had Big Country, you know, uh, Bryant Reeves. Maybe his name needs okay. to be Low Country. But what what he's doing, um, I I think, has been pretty incredible so far, making essentially like an amazing play every quarter. You know, I thought in that first quarter he was excellent. One of uh, the better plays I've seen from this season was an offensive rebound that he had at the end of that first quarter. And then he goes reverse and uses those long tentacle arms that he has to get up that reverse layup. I mean, there's just things that he can do because of, of that length and because of his wingspan. That, that make him, I think, a future matchup problem. Here's one thing, though. I thought the refs stole a, a bucket from him late in the Absolutely. game that, that Clifford challenged, and they somehow upheld the challenge. He's got to quit challenging in the third quarter. It's not working. <laughs> I fundamentally yeah. disagree with challenging in the third quarter. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I almost was going to let it slide because I was adamant that that was not an illegal screen. That's crazy. So the totally refs took you. a bucket away from him. And then these score these scoring tables on the road have to stop crediting Mark Williams blocks as steals because he he has he had like three steals in that game against Atlanta that were all, or three blocks that were all credited as steals and and I thought both of his steals that he was credited with in this game were blocks they got to quit doing that they're taking stats away from my guy he needs to block shot stats forget the steal stats want to see these guys we want to see him rack up five blocks a game that's what i want it's see. crazy he doesn't need any more though he had three in this one right but i don't you're, care no right. he I'm does here. need more i want him to get all the block shots no see who cares about steals when you're a big guy it's all about the blocks baby oh i i like it more Fair. so bring me all of the forced turnovers but he did steal the alley is that what you so the the alley that was in the atlanta like. game and this one he swatted yeah. a floater i think it's happening so this is what's crazy and i wonder if this happens to rudy gobert and some other guys that have these like freakishly long arms they mm-hmm. do things away so far away from the basket that are clearly in my mind a block but it's not like a traditional block shot where a guy's driving the rim and they are close to the rim. And so they credit it as a steal, but he's got his arms way up in the air and he's blocking these things down. And I don't know, it's just a, an annoyance for me because I want, I want to see Mark Williams rack up blocks. But so here's where I want to, would like to take this conversation because we're sitting here, we're languishing praise on Mark Williams for all the amazing things that he does and the way he changes the game. And yet he's still not, you know, getting, I would say like, the majority of minutes. I mean, remember at the beginning of the season, we would see Mason Plumlee play less minutes than Nick Richards despite starting. That's not happening with Mark Williams. And I know a lot of people listening to this show right now are saying, hey, what's going on? Because the Hornets PR will tweet nice stuff about Mark Williams and the replies are always, why isn't he playing more? Right. Well, it's it's Mason Plumlee too. And and Mason in this game, you know, again, I mentioned his stat line. How about eight of 11 from the free throw line? For Mason Plumley in this game, 
the the left-handed free throws they're working and the bench can laugh and they're working and it has salvaged his career at the charity stripe it's ridiculous and he started yeah. oh of two from the line like he goes eight of 11 he missed his first two free throws um what do you think the trade value is for him nada and how are you kind of operating with him we can get to some terry conversation later um but yeah. if you wanted to speak on mason or just anything else you notice from this game uh quite honestly and I know people are going to hate to hear this. I expect Mason Plumlee to be bought out. I don't think he's going to get traded. I think, unfortunately, because of the way the salary works, because the Hornets are going to be very, very reticent to take back salary, I don't think someone's going to give up a second-round pick for him, despite the fact that we just saw Rui Hachimura go for a second-round pick. I'm expecting him to get bought out because, quite honestly, I'm not sure there's enough expiring contract for him. And the Hornets don't want to take back salary. And I, I completely understand it from their, from their uh, vantage point at this point. Yeah. I mean, the, he's playing well, but I can understand being reluctant to take him on just because of the past performance, even though he is playing so well. Now you do wonder if a change in environment might have him revert back to something less than averaging 16 points per game and over 12 <laughs> rebounds. Um, but no, I, I understand why you would say that, Doug, what, what do you say? Well, and you have to wonder if the organization thinks about it like this they're going to be patient with Mark Williams, understanding that he is the big of the future. And if he doesn't play right away, big minutes, it's okay. You know, he's going to play big minutes next season, most likely. Mason Plumlee makes your team play better. I just want people to think about this. Okay. Think about how the Hornets offense has looked over the past, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 games or really all season. And now I want you to think about that. If Bismack Biombo were your starting center, it <laughs> would be apocalyptic. Mason Plumlee, has made you know this offense, especially without LaMelo. LaMelo would have changed that game against Utah because Utah knows that they can aggressively defend the three-point line, run you off the three-point line without LaMelo. You can't do that to LaMelo because LaMelo can shoot it from deep and he can shoot it well from deep. He extends defenses out and doesn't allow them to do what the Utah defense did to the Hornets last night. But Mason Plumlee, they were able to use Mason Plumlee like a release valve, get it down to him, and he made plays happen against uh, Walker Kessler and against Lowry Markin. And when they switched, he was able to punish the mismatch. And so he makes you play better. And so I wonder if the Hornets are thinking, well, you know, let's see if we can get some action on some of these other guys. But Mason could help a Bryce McGowan's make a play every now and then. He can help, you know, some of these other guys that they're they're going to, going to want to develop and get a look at uh, because he makes your team competent. All right, yeah. well, let's let's give a, a few more observations from this game in the next segment, but then transition into some trade talk coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We did see a trade yesterday in the NBA. How might that affect how the Hornets operate? Plus. We'll talk about Terry Rozier with one Nada Edwards joining us today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner, too, for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on, on betting on sports fun and easy. And new customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets. That's all guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, again, $150 in free bets guaranteed. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So it's all on the app. 
It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Plenty more coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. I'm glad we have YouTube now for everybody to see just how bulk you are. Can you give us a gun show flash real quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and you, man. Look, 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 look at that look at drape. Bad, look, look at That's 100% grade A. Look, here I am Arm. doing it. Look at these noodle arms right here. Look, they just flow. Yeah, we got it. This is a listen. Yep. Yeah. You want long, chicken wings? Arms. If you're if you've been starving for some chicken wings, this is the show for you, folks. <laughs> YouTube.com yeah. I mean, forward slash chicken wings. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, last observations from this game, just real quickly. Uh, shout to Dennis Smith Jr. I thought that was another player that that showed up in this one. You know, hit some shots only. Took one three-pointer, but got in the paint, you know, hit three of his four free throw attempts, nine assists. So that's eight assists against Atlanta, nine against Utah. And I think when you're missing LaMelo, he can come in and really help you, especially as a second unit guy, right? Where the bench has not been all that great offensively. So I just wanted to give some shout to uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Who scored 15 in this game. Not so much Bryce McGowan's as much as we like Bryce, as much as he's earned these minutes. I don't think Steve Clifford is just giving these to him because they're in full on tank mode. Bryce McGowan's bad game from him. Oh, of seven from the field. Oh, of two from the three-point line. Only scored two points because he hit a couple of free throws. So uh, Bryce McGowan's not his strongest game. Um, but not how much have you enjoyed watching Bryce McGowan's get some of these minutes? It's been fun because he's starting to get it, and he's starting to actually be aggressive. For a while, I was on the, if you're not going to shoot these wide-open threes, play somebody else that will shoot them. Because for a while, he was just playing passive. He's being more aggressive on both ends of the floor. And he's been a joy to watch, and they're, he's going to get it. That pass to Mark Williams in the Atlanta game was one of my favorite passes. Favorite, let me put it this way, non-Lamello passes that I saw all year at this point. Yeah, and, and that's a part of his game that can re- – I think it's underrated for him, and so that was awesome to see. And last thing from you, Doug, just uh, I know you're, you're a Bryce fan. You've liked what you've seen from him this year. Um, you know, what did you make of his performance in this one and then anything else you wanted to finish up with? Well, look, he's going to have games where he struggles. I mean, there's no doubt about that in this one. He wasn't the only player that had a nightmare game. I mean, Thor was 0 for 3 and committed a few uh, fouls that he yeah. didn't need to commit. You know, DSJ, the stat line looks good, but I thought his start was bad. And, and when they, they needed a little extra offensive punch, he wasn't really able to deliver. He did help them sort of climb back into the game, but that's because he put his he finally put his head down and got to the rim. I, you know, I think he needs to be more aggressive getting to the rim because his shot is gone. It's not coming back. And every time that Terry Rozier passes to DSJ, I cringe. Like, I physically – like, I just don't <laughs> – oh, wow. tr- when the ball leaves his hands, I don't trust it anymore. And that that stinks because he was so good at, at, at hitting three-point shots and it surprised us early in the season. But it's gone, and I, and I don't think it's coming back. You know, P.J. Washington, sort of a classic uh, fallback-down-to-earth game for him. Uh, Gordon right. Hayward, too. Like I didn't love his game. He had four turn. He almost at one point had uh, more turnovers than points. And you know, he I, I thought again he sort of helped them get back into it a little bit. But overall, I didn't love love his game. The bottom line is, guys, the Hornets starters 
especially without LaMelo, but even with LaMelo, all have to play well because the only bench contributions you're getting offensively at this point with any consistency is Mark Williams. And so all five starters have to play well. And if one or two guys have an off night, they just have no chance at competing. And and it's just one more sort of a sign if they need any more signs Mm -hmm. that they need to get more aggressive on the trade market because this thing is not working. And it's not a little adjustment that they have to make. This thing's not going to work. Yeah, no, and and Dennis Smith, he it wasn't a great start for him. I, I did think it was a good end of the third quarter and, and yeah. maybe even first, but no, you're right. Like offensively, it just wasn't what it was at the beginning of the season for him when the shot finally came back for Dennis Smith. And you are right. I mean, when Lamelo's out, it's going to hurt you. When any starter is out, it's going to hurt you. And they got a lot of guys in the rotation that have been in and out this whole season and are currently not playing as we speak now. Um, one guy that is, is Terry Rozier. And this past month has been a lot better for him than the previous part of the season had gone for Terry. It's been, you know, a uh, a career with the Hornets low year for Terry, but he is starting to pick it up lately, just in time, especially with the trade deadline coming up right at the beginning of February. Nada, how are you how are you gonna operate if you're Mitch Kupchak, how do you operate with Terry Rozier and figuring out a place to send him to, you know, a Lakers team or maybe a Phoenix Suns team that was rumored to be interested in him by Mark Stein? You know, it's in, in the post Chris Paul era, they're looking at Terry Rozier, Emmanuel Quickly, and Fred Van Vliet. Those are the reports from Mark Stein. The Stein line, I think, is the uh the publication he has. What do you make of all of that surrounding Terry? I think you have, I think Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets have to be very careful not to deal him for what 20 cents on the dollar, 30 cents on the dollar. He has more value to the Hornets than he does probably to any other team. And on top of that, you're talking about a $21 million salary that's only going to keep rising as the contract keeps going on. The bigger problem that is finding that match. So are you going to deal Terry Rozier for Russell Westbrook in a deal that clears a whole bunch of caps cap, but at the same point, you don't necessarily know how you're going to rebuild, retool and rebuild off of that. And you're still having to worry about one of the wing spots at start uh, starters. On top of that, you're now talking about talk again, it's either Phoenix or it's LA, or maybe it might be a mystery team, say Dallas or something like that. I'm just worried about the return because if you're not going to get anything worth it or you're going to get a second that may or may not convene, at what point is it actually worth it to deal a Terry Rozier to the to someone else? You're better off keeping him and waiting for the CBA and for that contract to look better and better as it ages. Yeah, I think Terry Rozier is the hardest value to gauge because Gordon Hayward, I think I saw you tweet this out too, Nada. I agree with you uh, unless, you know, there's always outliers that could happen, but for the most part, I think the expiring contract is going to be more valuable. So you might as well just hold on to him until this off season. I, I think that makes sense for a Gordon Hayward Mason Plumley, as much as he's been good for the Hornets. I think now if, if he's, if he's not going to get you anything in return now, then he never will. Right. So yeah. find something that you can capitalize on now for Mason. And if you can't, then fine, you know, figure it out from there. But Terry, there are a few people that think, just getting rid of the contract is valuable enough, right? Like we, we did this with Russell Westbrook. It's very different. The contract is not as albatrossy as Russell Westbrook, but we had that same conversation of, well, you know, one team is looking for 
assets to trade Russell Westbrook away. And the other team is thinking, wait, no, we're we're going to give you money. We're doing you a favor, right? How, it's it's yeah. very polarizing what you view with Terry Rozier. Yeah, the, the the thing that I think bugs me about this entire conversation is that we're not talking we're talking about this like the CBA is going to stay static and that contracts are either going to devalue or decrease entirely and then you're looking at a Nick Batum S contract. This is not Nick Batum. We need to let the Nick Batum contract idea go. We need to let that baggage go. This is not going to be one of those contracts. If anything, you're going to see the Fred Van Vliet's that are fran- that and the Gary Trent's easily dwarf those contracts, easily dwarf the Terry Rozier contract. So I'm not sure there's an appetite to trade it, especially when he's only going to look better and better. And a lot of these guys, again, Gary Trent Jr. especially, who was looking for at last check 27 and a half a year, like at some point that co- Rozier contract is going to be a nice, easy alternative. And you may be able to deal Terry Rozier for actual assets in the summer. Yeah, I mean, the CBA may change. The The deal might look better, but there are a lot of buyers on the market right now. The market might not look better. There might not be as many people willing to or desperate enough to make that move then. And the other, okay, that's, you know, CBA might be changing. The contract might look better, but I tell you what's not going to change. And that's the, the way this team looks defensively when Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball play that's next fair. to one another. They, they've, it's, look, it's, it's a great pair of pants that you don't fit into anymore, and you're not getting any, any slimmer. <laughs> like it's not changing. You know they they are not going uh, to to play well defensively together. I don't I don't think uh, it's it's not in Terry's game to get better defensively. I don't know what the ceiling is on Lamelo Ball's defense, but his offense obviously outweighs his defense. So you would I think if you're thinking about this rationally, you would want to try to find some kind of defensive shooting guard to pair next to Lamelo to make it all work. Um, and, and and that would be great as as Mark Williams continues to develop as as a shot blocker. It, w- it would make you a formidable defensive team, but they have to come to terms with that idea. And you know, it, it, I think it should be about moving Terry for cost savings, just so you force yourself to go find that option as shooting guard because you're not going to bench Terry Rozier. You can't do it. Um. Yeah. Go ahead, Nada. The, the one thing I would push back is, and this is my big thing about this, I'm not saying trade Terry. I'm, I'm not saying don't trade Terry at all. What I'm saying is the market where we've had Mark Stein report. I, I forgot. It was either Mark, Mark Stein or Jake Fisher. I, actually, no, it was Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher reported that they wanted that Milwaukee was willing to give up Grayson Allen from Jalen McDaniel. At some point, the market may not be what we think it is, and the market most likely is going to be better this summer when people start asking for what they or people start again. Gary Trent Jr., Fred VanVleet, others are going to start start asking for real money. So what I'm saying is, I'm not I'm okay with dealing him. I'm just not okay with dealing him in a depressed market. And I'm not sure that this isn't a des- depressed market at this point. Well, there's some interesting deals to be had, and we're going to talk about it coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Russell Westbrook has often been rumored to possibly come back in a return with the Terry Rogier trade. What if I could tell you another NBA legend could come back in return for Terry Rogier? We're going to talk about that coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast.
is Locked on Hornets. Mitch Kupchak, will he do the thing that he has not done in season? This anything. Time? The thing that he has not done it is anything. It always comes back to do something. <laughs> Just do, do one thing. You need to get a stick from outside and become the meme in person because <laughs> that it always comes back to do something. Do something. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. That music was a little loungy. That was different. I yeah, missed the yeah, lounge. Brought, brought the lounge music back. You know, I'm trying. Well, look, here's the thing. We're going to be subjected to some similar games to that Utah Jazz games. And I felt like I just needed to bring <laughs> yeah. some meditation. I need to bring some relaxation. I need to, you know, we have to, we talked about this before the show. We have to start watching these games from the perspective of finding joy because joy is not going to be easily yeah. presented to us over the next uh, few weeks. So we need to find the joy. Oh, I've already done that. And that's what that is the, the people's biggest problem with me sometimes is when I want to just praise Mark Williams and avoid the tire fire that is going around. I just I'm sitting here with only Mark Williams goggles on. That's the only yeah. thing I'm doing watching the rest of the season. Oh, Dennis Smith Jr. had a nice play. That's cool. I'll pay attention to that. Like that's oh, PJ Washington isn't going one of seven in this game. Cool. I, I'm going to I'm going to be happy about what PJ's doing because he could be something foundational that I'm absolutely doing that for my sanity. Because I have to talk about the Hornets not only every day on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, but I also have to do it in various spots from twelve to three every single day. So yeah, I, I mean am the sad, the, the, yeah. right? The sad fact is the Hornets are simple. They're simple to figure out. The problems yeah. are are pretty basic. The reason why they can't play defense is pretty basic. The reason why they can't play offense is is pretty basic. I, there's mm-hmm. you know unlike other some other situations where you have players that are playing, you know, far below their expected value, or you've got drama like you've got in Atlanta with Trey Young and Nate McMillan, you know, none of that's happening. All these players are playing hard. Some of them are playing out of position, but some of them, but all of them are playing hard. And Steve Clifford is trying to do the right things generally, except for challenging in the third quarter. I mean, he's generally (laughs) doing the right things. And this Horta State, like if you have one or two matchup problems on the other side of the floor, it's just going to be difficult for this team to overcome anything. Steve, Steve Clifford is too logical to not challenge in the third. He's like, wait, this is an obvious basket. Throw it. I mean, it's it's an obvious basket. I'm just going to throw this. And then remember in the Atlanta game, the comments after that foul call on yeah. um, on the Hornets against Trey Young or, or when Trey Young was, was fouled, right, quote, unquote. And then they just all got crazy frustrated. Steve Clifford's comments like, yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. Like, that's ridiculous. That that happens all the time. I'm not I'm not going to comment on it. That's just the NBA. So, you know, that was Steve Clifford. It's just he sees something. It's very black and white. There's no philosophy to that. He's just going to challenge it if he disagrees with it. Um, All right. If if we focus on the trade market again, I brought up the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. We were kind of looking at this pre-show on how to match the salaries, spe- uh, specifically with Terry Rozier. That's the guy that Phoenix is rumored, uh, rumoredly interested in. And, you know, we're trying to rumoredly. make sense of it all. And then we got to Chris Paul. And it might make more sense than you think. Because you're gonna be like, wait, you're you're trying to shed money. It wouldn't make sense to take on Chris Paul making thirty million dollars a year for the next two seasons after this season is done. But it's not guaranteed. So Chris Paul on his contract has forty four point two million dollars left guaranteed. And Doug, I know you have the deadline, but at a certain point after you trade for him and you're able to match the salaries and do what you want to get rid of Terry and then bring Chris Paul. You can waive Chris Paul if you want to allow him to title chase and the rest of that money comes off of the books. What's the deadline, Doug? 
Yeah, so here's the deal. So only $15.8 million of his 30.8. So essentially half of his contract is guaranteed for next season. Uh, this is according to Hoops Height. But his 2023, so next season's contract becomes fully guaranteed if he's not waived essentially by the draft, June 28th, 2023. None of the money is guaranteed in 2024-25, but that will become fully guaranteed if he's not waived by the preceding June. So you could even keep him for the next season and still waive him and not be on the hook for his $30 million in that third deal, in the third year. So, so... Are, nada does it make sense to include a chris paul i mean there's there's a there's plenty of options oh, I, I shouldn't say plenty but oh, there's boy. a few are we doing the whole bring chris paul home thing Nada, is that something that you yes, want to again. put out there yes as an og one of these charlotte <laughs> nba fans i go back to the dust chip and and the eric dampier contract and how that was supposed to work and everything else like that i would be in favor of bringing him home how how would he be in favor of it? Probably not much. He would not want to be a part of this, and he would ask that he be waived by by the draft. I, but I think if you're going to bring an adult into this room, if you're going to try and change the vibes, and I was told by a beat writer, um, actually a, a other beat uh, team beat writer, the Hornets had the worst vibes in the league in yeah. terms of. It, so if you're going vibes. to try and change the it's all vibes, about vibes, if you're going to try and change the vibes, I can't think of anyone better than Chris Paul and having the adult in the room, having a grown up, holding people to account. For me, that would probably be of all the Terry Rozier deals, I would probably stomach. That would probably be the best one. Why? Why are you making that face, Doug? What, what's going on yeah. in that brain? It feels yours? it feels too perfect, right? I mean, because <laughs> let's let's think about this. First of all, Phoenix could use Terry Rozier. Like his offense would be welcome. Yeah. Phoenix is dealing with multiple injuries. They're trying to get back into this thing. Like you know that 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 seems like it seems like a logical thing that they would want Terry Rozier. The other player that that they're rumored to be interested in is Fred Van Vliet. And and I think Terry Rozier, as bad as he's played, I think still has played a little bit better than Fred Van Vliet. So uh, I think it makes sense. And Chris Paul, it rectifies. Look, the Bobcats got off like the luck started poorly when in that first draft. So it rectifies that. They didn't pass on Chris Paul, but they got the fifth pick, got Raven Felton. What They were one pick away from Chris Paul, and that pick went to the New Orleans Hornets, the, the team that stole our name. Mm-hmm. So we rectify a couple of things there. You bring Chris Paul back home. It's the ACC guy. You give people a few more reasons to come back and watch a few games at the end of the season, and then you have a choice to make. You can either – you, you know, you can operate a couple of different ways. You can re- release him uh, and just be completely off the hook. And then you're saving like, you know, 15 million, uh, it probably ends up being like 15, 20 million dollars. And or you you keep him for another season and let him be, you know, if you think he's got it at 38 years old, I mean, you have to make that evaluation. Does he still have it at 38 or is he going to be, you know, injury prone like he's been this season? Uh, but if you think he's still got it, then you keep him for another year alongside LaMelo Ball. Wouldn't be a bad pairing, especially if you end up with one of those draft picks. Well, yeah, and, and the vibes is interesting because if it depends on how you view vibes, right? The vibes, if if you view that as lax and flowers in the air and just skipping to my loo, then it's not necessarily Chris Paul that fits those vibes. But if you want the culture change, that's all Chris Paul. Oh, that's what I'm saying. A little veteran presence, maybe. a little hard knuckle. Yeah, that's, I mean, some, <laughs> I think Chris, like Chris Paul, yeah, that would be welcome in this group, I think. Absolutely. And I think, you know who would really love it? 
Cliff. Cliff. Oh, yeah. Cliff would be like, I have someone that I can relate with, someone that would complain, and someone that would hold them to account. And mm. for everything that we've heard about this locker room thus far, that's something that is clearly lacking. So bringing Chris, like, bring Chris Paul home, I think it makes a ton of sense. And if anything, that should be the goal. Bring in some guys that aren't going to kill your cap sheet, mm-hmm. but at the same time hold these guys to account and bring something of accountability and change the change. Let's bring some professionalism to this locker room. How about that? I'm I'm going to sound like a real douchebag saying this, but like it, uh-huh. it feels very big NBA pundit to say that this thing is going to get <laughs> aggregated. But we, we've been aggravated, like uh, aggregated, aggravated as well. But we've been aggregated like maybe <laughs> once or twice. And yeah. and for once, very something very stupid. I feel like this is going to th- this has a shot. We, we got to yeah. do something stupid yeah. on camera so it can be aggregated. And then that can go into different publications. This is the one. Bring Chris Paul home. In exchange Look, for we, we gave Steph no- we gave Steph Curry the key to the city, and and he teased us a little bit. But we've been, we've all been sleeping on the most obvious homecoming there is, and it's Chris yeah, Paul it's to the Charlotte yeah. Hornets. It makes too much sense for both teams. I would yeah. be shocked if the deal didn't get done. Yes. Aggregate that. Yes, excellent. Yes, it's not Russell Westbrook that oh. is the trade piece. Not bringing Steph home. It's bringing Chris Paul. Um, we should end on that. I'm a bad host for bringing this a yeah, little bit longer. I, I, I did. I did want to talk about Rui Hachimura for just a second. Just rapid fire Rui Hachimura trade. Not a how does that affect the Hornets, if at all? The fact that Rui gets traded from Washington to the Lakers in exchange for Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks. The baseline for any PJ Washington and or Jalen McDaniels trade is a first round pick. Now, you again, Rui Hachimura went for three seconds. I can comfortably say if you're Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets, you're asking for a first at minimum in this draft, mind you. Doug, your boy, Rui, he's on the move. What does this do uh, for the Charlotte Hornets as far as the market goes? I was really hoping that the Lakers would get desperate enough to give up one of those first-round picks for Terry. And and they still could, but I'm afraid that Hachimura ruined it. (laughs) And that is what we end on. Thank you very much. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. And to make sure after you make us your first listen, make your second listen, game to game NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Go check out Nada as well. Make that your third listen or your first, and then you can check us out as well. Ion College Basketball Podcast with Matt Matt Norlander, Gary Parrish. He is the producer of that. And also check out Doug's Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Bobcats also got Sean May in that draft.